Hosting and bandwidth provided by the Blue Box Group. Check them out at bluebox.net. You're fantastic at coding, but do you have an action plan to take it to the next level? The upcoming book, Next Level Freelance, will help you optimize your freelance business for happiness. The book is packed with actionable steps to make more money, case studies, tips to find more clients, and exercises for you to establish your desired lifestyle. Extras include nine interviews with freelancers who make great money while enjoying great work-life balance, videos on strategies to find quality subcontractors, and videos on making more free time by outsourcing your daily tasks. Check it out today, nextlevelfreelance.com. This episode is sponsored by Planscope. Planscope is a project management and collaboration app built for freelancers and the way they work with clients. It makes it easy to price out new estimates and once you're underway, help answer the question, will this get done on time and under budget? I've been using Planscope to do my estimates and manage my projects and I really, really like it. It makes it really easy to keep things in order and understand when things will get done. You can go check it out at planscope.io. Hey everybody and welcome to episode 88 of the Freelancer Show. This week on our panel we have Reuven Lerner. Hello there. Curtis McHale. G'day. Eric Davis. Hey. I'm Charles Maxwood from devchat.tv and we have a special guest this week and that's Leslie Samuel. Hello there. So I don't know if you remember this Leslie but we met at New Media Expo this year. I knew I knew your face from somewhere. Yep. Awesome. Yes we did. Yeah, you were the guy walking around wearing a big smile. <laughs> yeah, that that happens kind of naturally for some reason. Well, it's uh, it's a good thing, and it makes people want to be around you. So, don't stop. Well, thank you. Do you want to introduce yourself really quickly? Uh, sure. Uh, my name is Leslie Samuel. I am a blogger, a podcaster. I teach in my real life. Well, I guess it's all my real life. But I, I teach at a university. I'm a professor that uh, in a doctoral physical therapy program. So I teach neuroscience, anatomy, and pathophysiology. So that's what I do offline. And then online, I blog about biology, and I blog about blogging. And then I teach people how to blog and all that fun stuff. Yeah, I remember you talking about that at uh, New Media Expo. It was, it was really interesting. So how did you get into blogging? How did I get into blogging? So I was teaching at a high school. After my master's degree, I wanted to go on for a PhD, but I was doing so much research and I hated the research that I was doing. So I kind of gave up on this whole PhD thing and teaching at a university, which is what I wanted to do. So I started teaching at a high school. And when I was teaching at the high school, I you know, started looking for some ways to make some money online. And I found out about, um, um, I, I found some ways of making money. So I started to do those. And then I started to think about teaching other people to do it. And I found out about blogging that way. I was trying to find a way that I could create content, put it online, and have people find me. Um, so I went through a few courses. Um, I started my first blog, teaching people how to make money. And then I, I thought to myself, man, if I could take these same principles and apply it to biology, which is something that I'm also passionate about, I think it can go far. So I started a biology blog. And, you know, the rest, as they say, is history. I, I first found out about it because I wanted to find a way to get myself out there online, teaching people how to kind of build a side business. And then it kind of evolved from there. And isn't that how you uh, wound up getting your teaching job? Yeah, your blog? Uh, yeah, because I started my biology blog because, you know, after teaching at high, at high school level for a while, I started feeling that urge. I was like, man, I really wish I was teaching at a university, um, but I didn't have a PhD. So I decided that I would teach the same content, but I would do it online. And I started that biology blog, and that blog opened up the doors for me to be able to now teach at a university. So it's kind of cool how it kind of came full circle. 
Yeah, I, I remember hearing that story at uh, New Media Expo and just thinking, wow, that that's pretty amazing because they're usually pretty strict about, you know, you having a PhD and all of the other qualifications they want you to have to teach at a university, so... Oh, yeah, they're definitely pretty strict with that, which is why, you know, everything that happened, um, it was kind of amazing to me um, because I never expected that to happen in the way that it did because you think I have to go on and get, you know, the education and and, and there's there's nothing wrong with the education, Um, well, depending on the education, but this is a totally non-traditional route that I went and it worked out in my benefit because it actually made me stand out from everyone else that applied, like 30-something people that applied who had PhDs and DPTs and all that stuff that I didn't have, but I had this online stuff. And when they saw it, they were, they were just amazed. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it kind of set me apart. So I know this guy that's working on a PhD. What, what advice would you have for him? <laughs> well, I'm actually working on one right now <laughs> because they, they required me to go on for a PhD. Fortunately, they're sponsoring it. But if I were to give you a word of advice, oh, man, that would run, be... Run for the hills. <laughs> I'm trying to hold that back. I'm not trying to say that. But really figure out what your priorities are. And based on your priorities, take the type of action that you need to take to accomplish what you're trying to accomplish. That's as vague as I can get. <laughs> that, that's good advice. I was just trying to wow, raise Ruben. so diplomatic. <laughs> well, you know, they, they trained me well. <laughs> there you go. So how do you write a blog so good that they can't ignore you? Well, first of all, you got to be different. If you just, you know, I see a lot of bloggers that they they see what other bloggers are doing. So they say, I'm going to do that and I'm going to be just as successful. Uh, not quite. You need to think of what can set you apart from everybody else. Um, and that's the first thing that I thought about when I was starting my biology blog. What I did is I kind of went out and I just went to as many biology blogs as I could find to see what they were all doing and why they were successful with what they were doing. And I noticed that... a uh, for the most part, it was a bunch of articles, it was a bunch of you know research information and all these different types of things. And I thought to myself, man, I don't see any blogs out there where anyone is creating really short videos explaining complicated topics in very simple terms. One topic at a time, just three to five minutes and just making it really simple. So that's exactly what I did. And that's why, that's one of the reasons why it kind of took off the way it did. I mean, the first month I think I had, I don't remember how many, a few thousand unique visitors. The second month I had somewhere around 4,000 and then it just continued up and up. And then this last month I had something like 64,000. Um, so because I, I, I decided to do something that other people weren't doing, that really helped to set me apart. Mm-hmm. I do want to uh, step in there a little bit. You can do the same thing that somebody else is doing, but do it in a different market. So, for example, uh, my mom's a math teacher in high school, and so she could go do the same thing with math. But then again, you know, it's unique because in the math market, there's nobody else doing that. Exactly. So it's unique. Yep. It's unique for her market. For me, I mean, there are a lot of people making short videos explaining concepts, <laughs> you know, but there was no one that I saw doing it for biology. So it was unique to that niche. Yep. Yeah, it makes total sense. Are there certain approaches that you take to your content that make it um, more approachable? 
or yes <laughs> yes i try very hard to be myself you know it can be tricky sometimes because i remember when i first started making my videos i learned from i don't know if you know gideon shalwick but he was one of my mentors he still is one of my mentors well now he's one of my partners but I learned from him how to create good online videos. And if you go back and you started to start to look at some of my videos that I made initially, it almost sounded like, you know, Gideon Shawick with a little bit of a Caribbean accent uh, because I was using the exact same format that he was using. As I kind of figured out my voice, I started to let more of myself be shown in my videos. Um, and I think for, I think, that has been extremely significant and extremely important because some people are going to like me. Some people are just going to hate what I do, and that's fine. Um, but those that really like who I am are really going to resonate with the content that I'm creating. So I think that's one key to creating great content, putting yourself in that content. That's, that's amazing, honestly. I, I do want to ask, do you feel like it's very different from... So you were blogging about biology and things, you know, hoping to kind of, you know, make make your career better and things like that. Do you think it's that different from what we're doing where we may be blogging to actually attract clients or customers? No, for me, you're you're blogging because you're you're trying to com uh, create a platform where you can reach others. Um, whether that has to do with biology, whether it has to do with you know blogging, whether it has to do with freelancing, getting clients, whatever, you're creating content to get exposure. Um, at least that's one part of why you're creating content. For me, I take it further. I, I, I look at it as creating content to inspire others and even change the world. I have a huge vision when it comes to um, what blogging can do. But really, you're, you're, you're building a platform. And if you have products or services that you want to get out there and let people know about, you're going to need a platform. Whether that platform is your blog or the platform is, you know, the, the, the work that you've been doing offline, whatever the case might be, you want to have a platform. And I think blogging is a great way to do it. So um, I, I guess the next question is, is, is there a formula that you follow? I mean, you, you've been doing this for a while and you've been fairly successful at it. So is there an overall approach that you follow for blogging or is it mainly just create good content and make it engaging? It, it it has to do with creating good content, making it engaging, but then, you know, there's a key element that's still missing. You can create the content and uh, it can be engaging, it can be awesome, and nobody can find out about it. Nobody visits your blog. That's a very common story that I hear. You know, I'm creating this content, I've been doing it for X number of hours or days or months or years, and I'm not getting people to my blog. That's the second part of the equation. You have to create the content, but then you have to get it out there. And there are a number of different ways that you can get it out there. We can talk a little bit about that. But in terms of a, a formula that I follow, you know, I don't know that it's one specific formula because honestly, I'm trying new things all the time. I'm trying to see what's working, what's not working. And if I'm doing something for a while and I figure out it's not working, then I stop. Or some of the things that I've done, I've tried it out. It looked like it wasn't working, so I stopped doing it. And now when I look back at the analytics, I'm seeing that that, that is now a significant source of my traffic. So there's a lot that I'm learning in this process, and I like to share the things that I'm learning. Gotcha. So uh, I want to talk about uh, promoting your blog post here in a minute, but 
the the thing that I always struggle with is is this blog post good enough? So, you know, I write it up and I'm like, is it engaging enough? You know, was I approachable enough? Do I have things that kind of make people chuckle in there and or, or whatever? But, you know, I'm, I'm always worried that what I put out isn't of a high enough quality. So I have, a, I have a solution for that. The solution for that is, like, stop worrying about that. <laughs> you know, it, it sounds strange. But, but really and truly, it is stop worrying about that because this is the way I look at it. You're going to create content. You can, you can, you know, try to figure out in advance, you know, if I make this kind of joke, people are going to chuckle at this point and it's going to be awesome. And then millions of people are going to come to my blog. You can hypothesize as much as you want. But really and truly, the only thing that matters where that's concerned is what happens once you publish it. So the way I like to look at it is I put the content out there and I see what the response is. Over time, I'm going to see, hey, people really liked it when I did X, Y, Z. So the next time I make a post, I'll do X, Y, Z again. Um, so it's more of a put it out there, see what the response is, see what people resonate with, see what people don't resonate with, and then let that guide you as you're creating that content as opposed to you know trying to figure everything out in advance. You know, I have stuff out there on the internet that, you know, I'm not necessarily very proud of, but it's out there, it's content, and I learned from that content. I have videos out there, you know, teaching complex things in biology where I say things that are wrong. I don't take those things down because, you know what, that's life. Sometimes we say things that are wrong. Sometimes we make a joke and people don't laugh. And we learn from that joke. Okay, I'm, you know, I'm not going to tell that joke the next time I'm at, a, I'm at a cocktail party or whatever. So instead of trying to figure all of that out in advance, put it out there and learn from what, you, what, what responses you get to the things that you put out there. So I'm curious, Leslie, you said that you write up your blog post and you put it out there and then you see what the response is. How are you measuring the response or what sorts of metrics are, are more important or less important? Is it number of actual uh, comments that you get? Is it number of visitors, a number of retweets? How, how do you measure it? For me personally, I look at the engagement on that post. So I'm looking at, you know, tweets, I'm looking at likes, I'm looking at comments. I love when people get engaged in my comments. You know, a lot of people create content and they put it out there, it gets shared a lot, but there's not much engagement, uh, like back and forth engagement, and they're okay with that. You know, it's up to you to decide exactly what's important for you. I know some very successful bloggers that don't care about comments. Me? I care about comments because they tell me that you enjoy this enough that you wanted to interact with it at a different level. Um, so comments are huge for me. I look at that. I look at shares, and those are the main things that I look at. Of course, you know, I can look at how many people visited that blog post. Now I'm doing a thing where, you know, my blog, that if, if you sign up for this, you get an email letting you know what content is posted on the blog anytime something is posted. I can look at those emails, look at the titles, and see, okay, when I talk about Facebook, I'm getting a lot more engagement. Evidently, people want to learn more about Facebook. Or when I talk about you know, building an email list, uh, and this is something that I'm actively doing right now. I'm looking at how people are responding to the emails that go out automatically, and based on that, it tells me you know, what titles are effective. It tells me what content people want to find out more about. And that helps me to guide what I do. That's actually pretty interesting. And 
for me, it's the same thing. I want people to engage. I mean, you know, I, I'll admit, I'm an engineer. I look at big numbers related to my site, and it makes me feel good. But, yeah. you know, ultimately, yeah, that's that's really what I'm after. And and I think, for the most part, for most freelancers, you, you want that engagement. You want to be able to, um, you know, build a relationship with people that will eventually, you know, lead to some something worthwhile. So it could just be that you made a friend or it could be that you you made a relationship with somebody who knows somebody that needs your particular service or you you know you build a relationship with somebody who will actually hire you. Uh-huh. And so, you know, but all of those things for me come out of relationships. They don't come out of, you know, tick marks in my analytics. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, just as a, a practical example, um, last week I wrote a blog post, my top 50 mostly free apps I use to manage my, di- my digital life. And I'm looking at the stats right now and I'm seeing that that had significantly more opens than, you know, emails that I sent out in the previous month. But then I also look and I see that it had significantly more shares. And I saw that it had, on the day that I posted that, I got many more visits than the last two months. That tells me something about what people are looking for. And, you know, I've been thinking, what other types of posts can I create that are similar to this that will help me to replicate that, you know, minor success? That information to me is valuable. Mm Mm-hmm. Leslie, I'm also curious. Um, I mean, you obviously spend a lot of time blogging, but I'm thinking of well, I'm thinking of me, where I'm trying to start a blog or restart a blog, and I've had all these ideas, and I've even put uh, drafts, some of them being a sentence long, some of them being two paragraphs long, into the blogging software, and I keep saying, well, hopefully I'll find the time in order to actually flesh it out and make it a real article. So now I realize that. I will find the time at some point is a great way to procrastinate. But I'm just wondering, how much time do you think people should spend blogging per day, per week, in order to really build up a brand? Ah, oh, man, that's a that's an interesting question. Because, you know, I think it's going to vary uh, depending on what you're trying to accomplish. And it depends on what stage you are in your business. I think in the beginning, it's going to take a lot of hustle. I think it's going to take a lot of hus- hustle all throughout the process, but especially in the beginning. And I've been on both extremes. I've been on the extreme where every single moment that I had where I was not working, I was working, but on my online stuff. And that didn't go over too well. Of course, that didn't go over too well with my family. It didn't go over too well with my health and all that kind of stuff. I'm neglecting important things in my life. And then I've been to the point where I say, you know what, forget this blogging stuff. I'm not doing it anymore. I find that the key is consistency. Consistency will mean something different for you than it does for me. It means something different for me today than it meant for me four months ago. Four months ago, my consistency was posting one one uh, podcast episode a week, and that was it. Now, my consistency is posting the one podcast episode and making sure that I have two other articles to go that week. And with that, I'm spending more time. I have guest writers and all those types of things. So, you know, balancing it today is different than balancing it a few months ago. So for you, the important thing for you to do is realistically decide how often do I want to post? And how often mm-hmm. do I need to post in order to get the type of engagement that I'm trying to get? If once a week is enough for you, great. I know some people that do it once every other week, and they're doing it successfully. 
but they're spending a significant amount of time now promoting the content that they're creating. For me, I think anywhere between one and three times a week, that works for building up a blog. When I built my biology blog, I wanted to give it a jump start, so I did three to five posts a week. Um, but the key is you want people to reach to the point where they can say, I can come to Leslie's blog Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and there will be a new post at 9 o'clock a.m. You want people to know what to expect and when to expect it, whether it's three times a week or once a week. Uh, and that's a decision that you have to make. And it's also a decision that you can test. You can try once a week. You can try three times a week. You can see how that goes and then modify as you move forward. So I guess what I'm saying is there's no one-size-fits-all answer to that question, but it is a good question and an important question for you to answer, for everyone to answer on an individual basis. Uh, related to that, when I went to New Media Expo, Bill Blue, I went to his talk, and he he was saying that for the first, what, three to six months, I think, you ought to be posting like every day, and that's just to build up content for SEO and you know other you know searchability purposes, so mm -hmm. that so that you have a lot of content there that people can come and find. Do you generally agree with that, or is it does it still boil down to what works for you and your schedule? You know, I I, <laughs> I hesitate to say that that's the way it has to be because it there are so many examples of people that have done it in a totally different way. You know, what we love to do is come up with simple formulas that we can apply to everyone. Quite frankly, I don't find that works very well. I like the concept that he is promoting there. And for me, that concept was significant um, because, you know, think about it just uh, mathematically. If every post on your blog brings 10 visits a day, if you have 10 posts on your blog, you have 100 visits a day. But if you have 100 posts on your blog, you have 1,000 visits a day. That is significant. So there's something to be said for creating that you know, repository of content that you know, can be indexed in the search engines and that can get people coming to your site and engaging with the content that you have there. There definitely is something to be said for that. But I always emphasize the fact that you need to test and see what's going to work best for you. So I, pr I promote get as much content out there as possible, but test also to see what's going to work best for your schedule. I mean, you might not be able to post every day. And if you're not able to f post every day, don't kill yourself trying to post every day. Figure out how often you can post and what you need to do to get your content out there. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So how long do you usually spend writing any given blog post? Oh, man, that varies from, you know, 30 minutes to three hours for a blog post, depending on the blog post. If it's one that I'm doing significantly more research on, then it can take me a little longer than that. Generally speaking, I do more podcast episodes than I do written content now just because I find it easier to talk. I don't have to do as much prep. I can just do an outline and I can start to talk. And because I am knowledgeable about the information that I'm teaching, it makes it easier for me to do. I love to teach, so it, it's kind of natural for me to do that. It's easy for me to make videos and that kind of stuff. Well, now it is. It wasn't, <laughs> wasn't e as easy when I first started. So it, it just depends on the type of content that I create. With my podcast episode, I usually do about 20 minutes to a half hour of prep. 
and then I record my podcast episodes. And because I have a nice studio set up here, you know, I don't do any editing after the fact. I record it all as is. I put in my music and all that kind of stuff as I'm recording it. When I'm done, I just export it, tag it, and upload it, and it's ready to go. Makes sense. All right, so let's get into promoting a blog post. What's your approach generally to doing that? Oh, man, promoting a blog post. I, I've done so many different things um, when it comes to promotion. I guess the, the most effective way to talk about that is just to use the example of my biology blog. So when I started my biology blog, I made a decision that YouTube was going to be my main strategy for getting traffic to my blog. Um, so I invested my time heavily in making sure I understood YouTube and what I needed to do to increase engagement there and then to bring people from there back to my blog. So I use YouTube a lot. With YouTube, I just made sure that my titles were very descriptive. Uh, you will never see a title from me like video one because that means absolutely nothing to, to anyone that's searching for content. Um, so I was descriptive in my titles. I had a link back to my site in my description. And then at the end of my videos, I had a very clear call to action. If you want more biology resources and other things to help make biology fun, you can head on to, over to the blog at interactive-biology.com. That was enough to kind of get me that initial exposure, that initial boost in traffic because people went to you, go to YouTube and they search there and they find the content that they're looking for. A lot of people are searching for the content that I'm creating. Um, so the more videos I put out, the more traffic comes back to my site. That's one of the, the main things that I focused on when I was starting. But then beyond there, beyond that, I also, once I had a decent amount of content on my blog, I started connecting with other bloggers who were blogging about similar topics. And in doing that, it wasn't a, you know, I'm sending you an email. Hey, I have this great website that I want you to check out. You can share it with your audience. I don't know how many of those emails I get on a regular basis, and I never respond positively to any of them. Because quite frankly, if you spend a bunch of time and energy to build your blog traffic, you don't want to just give it away to people you don't even know, you don't trust, or anything of that sort. So when I approached those bloggers, it was more of me approaching them with things I can do to help them and to help their audience. And that led to the nurturing of relationships that ended up sending me a ton of traffic to my blog. And that really helped to take it to the next level. I mean, I can talk about a bunch of different strategies that I use. Uh, let's see, some of the other things that I do for getting traffic. I'm trying to get, not trying to get, I, I, for social media, besides YouTube, of course, I focus on Facebook. Um, because, you know, you have 1.2 billion people there. Most likely people are going to be there that <laughs> are looking for your content. Um, so I created a Facebook page. And with that Facebook page, I increased my engagement there. And I tried to get people to come over there and engage with me, not just on my blog, but also on Facebook since they're already spending time there. And I can mm -hmm. share content with them there. I can nurture relationships with my audience there. And that has been a good source of traffic for me, too. So um, if, if your audience isn't on Facebook, or at least you don't think they're on Facebook, do you suggest that people go other places? Or are, are these people usually on Facebook and you're just not paying attention or aware? Or? If your audience isn't on Facebook, it's most likely because they're dead. 
because everybody's on Facebook. My, my, my mother and father, they're on Facebook. I mean, you know, grandfathers and grandmothers, they're all on, everybody's on Facebook. 1.2 billion people. I'm sure you can find people there that are interested in what you have to talk about. That's one in, one in every six people in the world. That's, that's, your audience is on Facebook. Um, but that, that's not the only social network you can use. For example, if you have a more tech-savvy audience, you might find a lot of them on Google+. And there's a significant amount of engagement with the tech-savvy um, crowd on Google+. And you might you know, decide that that's the, the, the channel that you want to use. Of course, people are on Twitter, too. I'm no expert in Twitter. I've chosen intentionally to focus on Facebook because, to me, it's the path of least resistance. And I say that because you have so many people there. And with so many people there, you're bound to find people that are interested in your content if you do it the right way. I'm not talking about going on Facebook and say, hey, visit my blog. I have the best tips on how to start a blog. No, I'm talking about nurturing relationships. I'm talking about engaging with your audience and your potential audience beyond just the topic that you are doing at your blog and using that to drive traffic to your blog. That's pretty cool. You know, another thing that I, I do that is extremely significant, um, I believe that if you're blogging, I believe that if you have a website, the most important asset that you can build is your email list. Um, because once again, it allows you to nurture relationships with your audience. People check their emails regularly. So if you can get, build an email list, and, and that's one of the things that I knew I wanted to focus on from the very beginning, you have an instant source of traffic right there. If you have an engaged list, which is what you're trying to have, hopefully, you can, when you post something that is new, that is relevant to your audience, you can send them an email and let them know about this new awesome post that is on your blog. And they're going to click on it because they're engaged and they're looking forward to what you have to offer. And they're going to come back to your blog. That's almost like instant traffic. You send an email, people click on the link, they come to your blog, and hopefully they engage with it. Um, that has been significant for me. I haven't looked at my um, email list in a while uh, because of how busy I, 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 I've been, but I think the last time I checked, I'm actually logging in there right now. Yeah, on my biology blog, I have over 8,000, no, sorry, 18,776 people subscribed right now. That's a lot of people. If I post something new, which I haven't done in a while, and shame on me, I've been too busy. But if I send out an email now saying, hey, I just posted this new biology videos, you're going to love it. I'm going to get a few thousand people coming to check it out. That to me is significant. It's something that I've invested in over the last few years. And now I have a, a, a source of traffic kind of at my, you know, at my disposal. So that that seems to be, I think, the the important point, one of the important points I'm getting out of what you're saying, that yes, it takes time, and yes, it takes work, no no surprise there, but if I invest the time now, then over time, people who are interested in what I'm saying are going to find me, and not only is that going to be interesting, but it's then going to give me an audience of people who are maybe interested, I mean, if I think just sort of commercially now, interested in my services, interested in getting my advice, interested in working with me. But it's not something that happens from one day to the next. It happens over time as you build your reputation, your audience. 
Exactly. Okay, think about it this way. Let's say you have 10,000 people on your list. All right, so you have 10,000 people on your list and you just launched a product. And that product is extremely targeted to your audience or a service or whatever the case might be. Uh, and you send it to that list. Let's say 1% of the people decide to take you up on that offer. And let's say that offer is worth $100. Or, you know, let's even be a little more conservative. Let's say it's the $50 offer. If 1% of the people take you up on that offer, you just made five grand. That's not terrible. But, you know, one of the things I hate is when people talk about these things like, yeah, just send out an email and make $5,000. I don't want anyone to get that from what I'm saying. What I'm saying is if you put in the work over time to build that list of people that are engaged and that does take a whole lot of work i don't care what anyone tells you you now have an asset that you can monetize um, you can monetize it strategically and make a significant amount of money whether it is a service that you're promoting or if it's a product that you're creating whatever the case might be it's about building up that audience so that you can have it at your disposal that that's pretty awesome, and and I really like it. So when you build up the email list, and and this is something that I've run into trying to figure out before, do you email people and let them know that there's a new blog post up, or do you email people and with with other content that's not necessarily on your blog? Well, you know, it depends. You test it out and you see what works for you. I'm always going to come back to that, but then I'll tell you what I've done. I've done both. Um, so right now on becomeablogger.com, you can subscribe to to uh, get notified whenever there's a new post. And when you do that, you also get access to a course that I created. So that's something that I just started doing in August. Before that, what I had done is once you sign up, you go into a follow-up sequence. And in that follow-up sequence, it's all about me nurturing this relationship. And how do you nurture a relationship? You're not going to nurture a relationship by you know, going up to a lady and saying, hey, I like you. I want to go on a date with you. Can I have your money? <laughs> That's just not going to work. You want to get to know them. You want to, you know, give them some value. You want to take them, well, maybe just hang out with them with their friends. And then from there, you take it to the next level. You, you, you just hang out with her alone. You guys go out on a date. You go out on a few dates. You talk about life. You talk about your past. You talk about your present, your future, and all these types of things. Eventually, now, you guys are attached and she wants to be around you. You want to be around her. And there's a mutual understanding that this is going to be a mutually beneficial relationship. It's the same thing with building your email list. When you're building your email list, what I did is, you know, depending on what you sign up for, if you sign up to learn about blogging, then you're going to go into a follow-up sequence where, you know, once a week I might send you an email automatically because I set this up uh, beforehand that's giving you tips that you can apply. And the way I like to do it is like this. I like to send you something valuable. So, for example, I might talk about the benefits of telling stories and what it does to increase engagement and how people can start to see themselves in a story. And I can expound on that. And then at the end, I could say something like, and this is how I did it. I can say something like, um, want to see how I've implemented this? check out this blog post. And I have the link there. You click on that link, you come to my blog post. So number one, I give you value. Number two, 
I expanded on that value by bringing you to a blog post that gives you even more value. Number three, I just got traffic back to my website, which is exactly what I want. Now, notice I haven't spoken about selling, um, where that's concerned. Selling is a part of the process, but people are going to be more likely to buy from you after they know you, they like you, they trust you, they see what you have to offer, you've been giving them so much value that they feel as if they want to give you value in return. And then you know what? If you're someone that's teaching people about all of the, the best ways to use a digital SLR and they're learning so much from you and then they see that eventually you come out with a course that's teaching them all of the essentials that they need to know, are they going to buy from you or are they going to buy from someone else? Of course they're going to buy from you because you've given them so much. They believe that you have something of value. They know that you have something of value because they've been getting value from you and they're going to be much more likely to purchase from you. That's awesome. So uh, do, do you use WordPress for your blogging or do you use something else? Yes, I use WordPress. I don't, I don't venture into anything else. I've, t I've, you know, I've toyed around with Tumblr too, but for all my blogs, I use WordPress. Yeah, we, we have a WordPress expert here on the show. So, Cool. Being very silent, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> silent so, approval. So um, let's just say that I'm setting up a brand new blog and, you know, upon your and a lot of other people's recommendation, I decide to go with WordPress. How do you recommend that people get it set up? I recommend that you get it set up quickly. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, how do I recommend that people get it set up? You know, there's a few minor things. Um, you install WordPress. One of the things you definitely want to do is to change the permalink settings, and you can find that in your admin area, so that it doesn't show your URL as, you know, becomeablogger.com slash P question mark equals 12825-2 or whatever the case might be. I like to look at it this way. You want to give Google as much information as you can possibly give them about what content is on your site. And part of that is also the permalink settings. So instead of going to that you know, slash P question mark equals whatever the case might be. I would prefer it to say something like become a blogger.com slash how to start a blog or how dash to dash start dash a dash blog because Google can now read that and see, get some more information as to what on that, what's on that page. And that's always very beneficial. You know, besides that, it all depends on what you're trying to do with that blog. For me, permalink settings, there are a few plugins that I use that I put on pretty much every blog for search engine optimization and those types of things. And actually now I've moved away from those plugins because a number of premium themes have really good search engine optimization features. Um, so I just use that. Another thing you definitely want to do is install Google Analytics because you want to be able to track what is working and Google Analytics tells you a lot about the, in, the traffic that's coming to your blog. Where is it coming from? How long are they spending on there? Or what pages are they, you know, gravitating to? All those types of things. I think that's extremely important for you to have. And not that you have to check them every day, but you want to have that information for when you need to make some crucial decisions. And I think that's important. Awesome. Are there uh, particular places that you like to send people to get themes or that doesn't yeah. really matter? I usually recommend a site like WooThemes. 
elegant themes too. I like their stuff. I prefer the premium themes personally. However, you can get started with a free theme, especially, you know, um, you're just getting started. You might be on a tight budget. Um, the, the WordPress theme is not going to make or break you. And you can get many themes for free that are really nice. I personally like to have themes that are supported by developers that I trust. Um, so I go with Woo themes. I go with Elegant themes. And that's who I usually recommend to people. Awesome. All right. Well, um, I don't want to keep you past 6 o'clock, so uh, we're going to go ahead and do the picks. We're going to make Curtis go first, though, with picks. Excellent. So I'm going to pick uh, three WordPress plugins that I love, or I guess two plugins and one uh, host that I use quite regularly. The first one is the Yoast SEO plugin, uh, which is a great job of SEO on anything that doesn't have it. And then the second one would be VaultPress, and that is a paid service, but it backs up your site like ongoing as you add stuff or as you add an image, it'll back it up off-site automatically. And then my favorite host is WP Engine because it's just fast and easy. It has a great staging. For the developers, it has a great staging and live environment set up to really, yeah, just to make that super easy for a setup. Awesome. Uh, Eric, what are your picks? So uh, my pick today, it's a tool I've been using for a little while. We have Fitbit stuff here, so we have like the Fitbit tracker, but we also have the scale and uh, there's a, it's a free service called Trend Weight that basically takes the data from the scale and uh, uses kind of, kind of like some, some smoothing algorithms and stuff to kind of instead of, you know, you're up a pound one day, down three the next day, up a pound and a half the day after, it actually figures out like over the long term like where you've been at instead of it just being really spiky. So uh, if you've read or heard of the Hacker's Diet, it's kind of based off of that. But it's a free service. It's pretty neat. Another pick I'll basically uh, agree with the recommending Woo themes. I use Woo themes on all my sites. Um, it's Especially if you're using like a multi-site WordPress, it's really easy to just install one theme and just kind of have the same look and feel across multiple sites with you know maybe a banner change and maybe a couple different colors, but you all have the same settings in each one. So they're, they're pretty good. I've been using them for years. Awesome. Reuven, what are your picks? All right, I've got uh, four picks for today. So the first thing is the Zopin chat widget. I know this has been very uh, popular lately in the last year or two to put on websites. We put a little widget on your site, and if people want to contact you, they can. And truth be told, most of the time when I go to someone else's site, I just ignore that. But it has happened that people come to my site, and they see that I'm available, and they chat with me. And just three or four days ago, someone was searching, came to my site, wanted to know if anyone was there. I started chatting with him, and it looks like I've got a major new client that way. So just just based on that, I can recommend that you have such a widget on your site, and uh, I've been pretty happy with Zopim, or however you're supposed to pronounce it, and their uh, free version. Uh, Secondly, I've got an... It's Z-O-P-I-M. Gotcha. Um, I have no idea why they <laughs> named it that way. I think they're based in Singapore, but I don't think that really explains the name. <laughs> but the domain was available, so they grabbed it. I've also got another client who uh, I told today that I was going to be firing, you know, firing your client, and uh, tomorrow I'm going to meet with them and hand over all the stuff that was done and not done, and uh, hopefully not yell too much. So I, uh, I've i been searching around for good advice on what to do and how to do it, and I found an article on why, not just why, but how you should fire your worst client. Uh, I did a little bit of work today and integrated Twitter into a site, and so I realized I'm one of the last people in the world not to be integrating Twitter and working with it from within my applications, but it was so ridiculously easy. So the Twitter gem for Ruby is definitely a great way to go. 
And there was this amazing podcast on NPR for a while called um, All, uh, All Things Politics, I think it was called. Or Anyway, it was canceled about two or three weeks after I discovered it. And Ken Rudin, who was doing it, is now back, and he's doing the Political Junkie podcast. So for all of you folks who love American politics and follow that instead of any more mainstream sport, Political Junkie is great and fun and interesting and just waiting for people to listen. So those are my picks. Awesome. I guess I'll go next. So on my blogs, I've been using the commenting system LiveFire. And uh, I think I mentioned them on a past show. It might have been another show. But uh, they're really good. They, uh, If you um, at tag somebody, it will actually tweet them, among other things, and let them know uh, on Twitter, Facebook, and things like that. And, you know, it, it's kind of cool. And uh, so you can actually reply to people, and it'll notify them that you replied. Another tool that I've been using to build my list and things like that is Office Autopilot. Not cheap, but uh, very powerful. There's a lot. There are a lot of features that go with it. So uh, um, I'm going to recommend them. I'm still uh, getting everything set up there, but uh, they actually have their uh, sales team do setup calls with you and help you set up all of your processes and stuff. So. I'm I'm really enjoying that, and then um, it does like the intelligent uh, routing, so that if if people uh, open an email or respond to an email or click on a link in an email or things like that, then they can actually go into different pipelines, and you can uh, you can actually manage you know where people wind up and and what the next response will be to them depending on what they do. So um, so far it's looking pretty cool, and uh, I'm really excited to see where I wind up with. Uh, wind up at with them. So anyway, um, definitely playing with that. And it integrates with things like lead pages and stuff like that. So I, I'm, I'm pretty happy with them so far. And uh, those are my picks. Leslie, what are your picks? Uh, so my picks would be number one, the Lyft app. Um, that's an iOS app where you can use it online. Um, that is does a really good job at helping you to accomplish your goals. Uh, it's not just a to-do list. It, it's actually like a community-driven ecosystem, and I really love the way they have it set up. You can do they they have specific coaching plans. I created a a, a coaching plan to help you become a better blogger in thirty days. And I've just been amazed at the response and how many people are actually following through on the stuff that they never followed through before. Uh, We had one person, because they were following through, they got featured on Lifehacker. There's other people that have been trying to accomplish things for the last few years, and they started with the plan, and in the first few days, they were able to accomplish them. Um, So the Lyft app is definitely one that I recommend. And if you are trying to check out that coaching plan, you just go to becomeablogger.com slash Lyft, and it'll have the details of that coaching plan. And, And it's free, so that's always good. That would be my first pick. My second pick, I love Basecamp. I use Basecamp for managing my business, managing my team, uh, because I work with some virtual assistants, and it's just a centralized location for me to add tasks for them to do, for them to add tasks for me to do, for us to discuss things, and that works very well for you know what I'm what I'm doing with my online business. Yeah, those would be my two picks. Awesome. Well, it's it's been terrific to talk to you again, and I really appreciate you taking the time to come on the show. If people want to go listen to your podcast or read your blog or anything like that, what are the best ways for them to do that? 
Uh, the best ways to do that would just be to go to becomeablogger.com. That has everything linked up there, and you can you can check it out. Of course, you can com- connect with me on Facebook or Twitter, or but all of those in, all of that information is right there on the blog at becomeablogger.com. And thank you so much, you guys, so much for having me on the show. This was fun. All right. Well, thank you very much. Uh, we'll wrap up the show. We'll catch you all next week.